Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Everyone has at least one good story. And some of us have stories that are just to the left of normal. We're interested in the ones that push the boundaries of what we can perceive. Stories that defy explanations. Stories with an air of mystery. Stories we might not share. For fear of being thought of differently. But don't worry. We're all friends here. So, what's What's your weird story? story? Hello, Weirdsville. Welcome to the What's Your Weird Story podcast. Hope everyone is doing well, enjoying the spring weather. Spring has definitely sprung. I'm feeling it, and I know my co-host is also feeling it. We both suffer allergies this time of year, and hey, that's okay. We're going to make it through it. Uh, and I'm speaking of no other than my my best friend in the world, Mr. Adam Beebe. How are you, Professor? Oh, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction, uh, Smiling Sensei Barry Johnston. Um, yeah, dude, spring is officially here. It's kicking my ass, kicking me in the face. I've got, uh, I mean, I've got allergies pretty much all year round, but springtime um, has been really bad. You know, it wasn't so bad in Oklahoma because of the lack of really uh, all the you know, a lot of trees and right. and uh, stuff like that. It's, you know, mostly farmland, so it wasn't so bad. For me, dust was the main thing there. But, like, uh, when I moved to the south, uh, North Carolina, it was, oh, it was miserable every year. Um, for about three months, I would just be, you know, suffering, uh, you know, itchy eyes, just running from my nose and couldn't breathe yeah. at the same time and just... You know, pollen and mold yeah, and whatever. Pollen, yeah, pollen. Well, the pollen in, in North Carolina, Eastern North Carolina, where I lived, would like. I mean, it covered. It would. It was a dust that covered everything. Yellow dust everywhere. Yeah, it was so gross. Um, but it's not so bad up here in Cincy. Um, I still get it. You can still maybe hear it a little bit in my voice. Um, I'm definitely stuffed up and have been for the past few days, and it's not been fun. Been sneezing my head off and all that. But hey, like you said, it's it's part of life. We get through it. Yep. And uh, so anybody else out there that's suffering, I'm right there with you. Yeah. And uh, misery loves company. So yeah, I, I don't remember as a kid really having allergies, but as I've gotten older, certainly has been a thing for me and. What's hard to, is to figure out what's allergies and what's not like a cold or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and so last week I got it pretty bad. I got a, I think I, I think it was a cold. Um, yeah. But that along with the temperature being up and down and all that kind of stuff yeah. being hard, hard to kind of uh, you know navigate. But um, but I I digress. Um, speaking of being a kid, you know. You know, one of my favorite TV shows growing up, Adam, was Fall Guy. Do you remember oh, Fall Guy? How? Uh, how oh, yes, big time, big time. Fall Guy. We love Fall Guy. That great, great um, theme song. You know. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, Lee Majors, right? Lee, Lee Majors. Majors. And he had that truck. 
Yep. And uh, he had the there was a girl and the, his buddy. Yep. They, he was like his understudy or whatever. But you know when they weren't uh, doing stunts, they were solving crimes. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you know because that's that's what happens. You know. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what happened in the eighties. You had your regular job. And then you had your solving crimes job. Right, right. You know, so yeah. many uh, 80s, you know, people had that, it seemed. Um, yeah. But that was such a, dude, such a great show and yeah. so much fun. And we used to play it. Uh, you know, we would play Fall Guy, um, you know, which would be just basically, you know, riding the bikes around and jumping off of things and building yep. ramps and jumping up. And no kind of pads, no kind of helmets. Zero. Uh, nothing like that. That was the great thing about growing up in a small town uh, in the 80s is that, you know, z- zero uh, parental uh, uh, observation. Uh, True. Or, uh, you know, I mean, back borderline... Uh, Neglect, uh, but you <laughs> yeah. know, like, the, yeah. but you know, we we were <laughs> that's the pretty truth. much pretty. We were pretty much good kids. We didn't do too. I mean, we did a lot of stupid things. We didn't do too yeah. many stupid things. Yeah, but you definitely probably wouldn't allow your kids to just drive right around all day, uh, let alone on bikes, but on little motorcycles. Yeah. Or four wheelers oh, yeah. or whatever. Did you have a four wheeler? Yeah, why don't well, you have a motorcycle as well. Yeah, we had a three wheeler first, and that yeah. was a death trap, dude. Yes, you it talk was. About, <laughs> just had a three wheeler too. I no, remember. No. Uh, no, we didn't have a three wheeler though. Um, um, okay, yeah, maybe yeah. maybe it was Danny yeah, that had the three wheeler. Because I remember I remember being on somebody's three wheeler. And in our property, when I was a kid, behind the fence, we had this little, little small patch of land, and and I couldn't steer the thing because the wheel was off, oh, yeah. like the most dangerous thing. Because you get that thing up a little bit, and you can't steer with the front front wheel is like just there for really? a fucking yeah, ornamental look. You know what I mean? There's like there's nothing to it. Um, they're so dangerous, but yeah, we had a three wheeler for a little while. Um, and then, and then, and then, uh, we had a motor, we had a little, uh, was it the BW? Is that what they called it? Yeah. The, the big wheel. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it was a motorcycle. It was a regular, it was a regular motorcycle, yeah. like mini motorcycle, but it had the big fat the wheels big that you would have on an ATV, like yeah. a, a three wheeler or four wheeler. I yeah. remember, uh, yeah, you used, you used to tear around on that. And, and I, uh, we had a little 80, uh, motorcycle that uh, I would tear around on. We t- I would drive I drive mine in town a little bit, but I couldn't do too much because it's in town. I yeah. couldn't get on the streets. But we'd take it out to your right. place out in the country and we'd drive up and down yep. and up and down and you had those big ditches in the front. And That's we, right. We, we, yeah, yeah, we would jump we jump the culverts. I remember man. the one yeah. by your house was especially steep, right? And yes, I remember your sister yep. Jamie um was going and she was going she was hauling ass man she was going much too fast yeah, yeah, and i remember yeah. her jumping <laughs> up into the air and then flying off and that and the motorcycle kind of turning to its side and just you know landing boom down in the other side of the ditch and uh, <laughs> uh the, yeah i remember that too kids, man like you and me we were probably laughing and uh of course, the parents were like, "Oh shit!" That's when they started to run to check and you know make sure everything was all right. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. And of course, she was fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 We always had something yeah. going on, man. There was always like probably one of the dumbest things I can remember that had to do with bikes is we set up like uh, 
a ramp that was super janky. It was a piece of plywood and like maybe some bricks to hold up. And then we we started to place like a bunch of encyclopedias on the ground and see how far, how many encyclopedias <laughs> you could jump. Well, you know, it was just inevitable that somebody's tire was going to catch one of the books. And of course it did. And then yeah. gravel. I mean, I got such a rash from the gravel and picking pieces of pebbles out of my arm. For yeah, dude, weeks, I remember, man. I remember um, one time coming home from uh, a playing, I don't know where, and uh, this is when uh, we still lived at the uh, the White House, as we called it, there on Seventh Street, and uh, yep. um, we uh, I came home and I went upstairs and I found my brother in the upstairs bathroom, and he was <laughs> picking cactus needles out of his body. Oh. He, he and his he and his buddy Jeff. Uh, Jeff Nichols, like they were um, on their motorcycles down by the uh, Kingfisher Creek, and my brother crashed into a big pile of cactus down there. And uh, he's, nice. I come upstairs and he's like, I, Jeff might have been helping him pick him out. I can't remember, but like, he's like, don't tell dad about this because he knew that if he, if dad learned, knew about it, yeah. of course he was going to because, yeah. you know, all of that, of course, you know, damaged him and everything. But, you know, he's like, he knew that if dad found out about it, that, you know, that would be pretty, that would be the end for a while, at least, if not always, yeah, 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 for yeah, the motorcycle. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No more fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we talk about these stories because today's guest uh, reflects a part of our, ch- our childhood that I think a lot of people would, you know, w- would sort of fantasize about. And uh, our friend Preston has had such an interesting career and a life as a stuntman for a lot of major motion picture films. And uh, wow, he, he he really delivered some interesting perspectives. Definitely. This is one of those that we would... Uh, fall file under the weird jobs category, I suppose, um, with a stuntman, a professional stuntman, stunt actor who uh, had been in the industry quite a long time and uh, did a lot of cool things and worked with a lot of cool people and on a lot of cool projects. And uh, we're, we were excited to talk to Preston, and uh, it was really, really, really cool. So uh, joining us today from Weirdsville, USA, or at least one of the Weirdsville, USA, it's not the official one, but the, the Keeping It Weird city of Austin, Texas, is Preston Corbell, Stunt Beast. Preston, thank you for joining us. What's your weird story? Well, I do live in the city of the weird, so I guess that's a little odd, but my story's a little more unique, so it's not really on the weird scale, but um, cool. definitely unique. I was a Hollywood stuntman for 20 years. Wow. Did over 100 awesome. projects. Wow. Um, some cool stuff if you guys like Marvel and DC. Oh, yeah, so I did uh, The Punisher, Daredevil, um, so I've done a lot of that. I, I started out doing One Tree Hill and some horror stuff, you guys like that. I did a lot of cabin fever stuff. Oh, wow. So i um, just kind of kind of been busy for 20 years, and now I'm retired, but um, I did a lot of work East Coast, um, Wilmington, North Carolina, yep. New York, um, stuff like that. Now I'm in Texas, so it's been a long career and a lot of fun stuff, and i I'm uh, walking around completely injured all the time and heating pads and ice and everything, which is fun to have those memories when your body hurts every day. But, right. Yeah. I mean, that's that's really it. Wow. Well, I'll, you know, you yeah. say it's unique, but uh, and it's it's it, 
it's a job that would be a weird job to uh, a lot of people out there. Sure, yeah, yeah. So, and so we here on the podcast, you know, we we say weird story when we let weird cover a lot of ground, but we also just like damn good stories. And it sounds like this is going to be a damn good story for sure. So, so yeah. So, I, how did? Usually, we don't ask questions right off the bat, but I think I've got to. How did you get in started in this career? So um, I uh, I was a model and an uh, actor as a child, so probably really okay. young teens. Okay. And um, I graduated early. I graduated high school around 16, ruptured my Achilles. I wanted to go to college for basketball, and that kind of ended. And then I rolled into a movie called Cabin Fever, which was filmed in North Carolina up in the woods. And that kind of started the stunt thing. And I couldn't play basketball anymore, so I was like, okay, let's focus on something else. And it kind of steamrolled. And then working in North Carolina, I think it was uh, around the Boone area, um, mm-hmm. Cabin Fever, I was able to um, go down to Wilmington, which we call Hollywood East. And a lot of fun stuff gets filmed there. Wow. Um, I was able to work on a show called Reno 911, but my, yeah, my sure. real big break was a show called One Tree Hill which yeah. uh, was filmed in Wilmington for a long time. So I was on there for for uh, probably five seasons, and I was able to be Chad Michael Murray's uh, stunt double and photo double, which was awesome. And then it, yeah. it led to things where HBO came around with Will Ferrell in a show called Eastbound and Down. And oh, I was able wow, to, uh, man. I was able to double Danny McBride for multiple seasons. Oh, wow. that's so really cool. cool. So I had – and the fun thing about it is I was shooting One Tree Hill at, the, uh, at opposite schedules but the same year as Eastbound and Down. So if you've ever seen One Tree Hill, you got a teen idol who's about 170, and then you got Eastbound and Down, Danny McBride's about 230, and I had to match those weights within a year, oh. and that was multiple seasons. Oh. So that's pretty crazy. That was yeah. a pretty crazy feat. But, um, I mean, it all just kind of steamrolled, and I got to do um, a lot of a lot of cool things. Got to work with Schwarzenegger, got to work with um, Stallone doing um, Escape Plan. Wow. And um, just a lot of, lot of fun stuff, and uh, definitely look back and go, wow. That that was pretty cool. How are the how are the stuntmen treated uh, as far as for, for from the actors? Like, it, are you? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of respect there. Would that be? Yeah, sure. Um, stunt, there's not a lot of us, you know. Yeah. So uh, it, it, there's not a lot of us, and especially like in a North Carolina element, you're not in Los Angeles, you're not in New York. So everyone that really works in film works on every project that's there. So you right. kind of build that community and that family. Um, when I was doing One Tree Hill, I was able to be a stunt double, and I was able to work every day as a stand-in and photo double. So I was constantly there, able wow. to build those relationships. But um, you were definitely respected, absolutely, as a stuntman. But um, we kind of we kind of do our own thing. We kind of stay in our own zone, and we have to mentally prepare for whatever stunt we're going to do. Um, I think a, a crazy thing that people really think about stuntman is adrenaline junkies. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you guys are ready to yeah. go. You guys are crazy. Yeah. And it's not. We're trying not to get hurt. Right. So, you know, if we're on the top of a, a building and we're jumping down 100 feet, we don't want to get hurt. We're not like sure. going crazy up there. Um, so it's not necessarily adrenaline. It's about um, being very precise and not getting hurt and able to uh, walk another day. And if we do get injured, we don't have a paycheck. So sure. yeah. it's definitely safety is first with that. Or is there a training regimen that you try to stick to? Or like depending on the project, I'm sure there's probably things that with the stunts and things that you got to work out with your body, right? So, I mean, everything's different. Um, if you're dealing with like Marvel pro- or Marvel um you know, shows or movies, which I only did a couple shows towards the end of my career. But a lot of those people are really into fighting and really into martial arts and really right. into, 
just some crazy stuff, which I didn't get into. I was really in the practical. Like, if you get hit by a car, you get freaking hit by a car. There's no wire work. There's no nothing. So it's very different. Sure. But I was able to adapt to multiple roles. So I kept my body in this one position where I could gain weight really quick and I could lose weight really quick. So you kind of have to do that and do a lot of resistance training mm -hmm. and, you know, hey, I need to cut out and do some cardio and not eat as much and eat a lot and do lifting weights. But you have to stay in that middle zone yeah. because you want to adapt. And God. if you're willing to adapt and there's a role, hey, this is up, they know, hey, Preston can get this pretty quick. Whereas if you're, wow. if you're typecasted with one type of, I do kickboxing, I'm 170 pounds and I'm not budging, then you're really typecast and you can't do yeah, it. Yeah, that is interesting. That's, a, that's, a, that's an aspect of it you don't really think about. You know, from yeah, sure. from yeah, from the viewers' standpoints, like you know, there's stuntmen there, but it's done usually pretty well to where you just kind of it it melds into the 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 movie and and you don't. That's just an aspect you don't think too much about. It's really that's really fascinating. Yeah. Um, what okay? What's the wildest shit that you've had to do? <laughs> Um, I would say can, wildest. <laughs> I mean, I do get that question. It's hard to narrow. Um. I would say the thing that I've done a lot and still is wild every time I do is get hit by a car that's going, whether it's 30 to 50 miles per hour, but it's so like almost mathematical where you're about to get hit and you have to know how to roll. You have to know, hey, I need to jump here. And if you miss it, you could break a femur. No so kidding. it's really serious if you miss it. So that that's kind of like you're in your own zone and you know what you're doing there. Um, but that's that's pretty wild that you are able to do that. Um, being set on fire is pretty cool, but I wouldn't think it was wild. Um, I was able to do it. <laughs> well, to you. Now, wait a minute. Think yeah, about yeah, your yeah. audience here. We we don't know any of this stuff, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, I think the craziest thing is I drove a limousine off a, a really high bridge. Oh, damn. Um, and that was pretty crazy because you, you had to be underwater and you have to know how to oh. breathe and, and your oh, timing. Wow. And you have like 10 cameras doing one shot. And if you're the one guy that messes that up, that's pretty bad. So yeah. you, there's a lot that goes into that. Sure. So that, that was pretty crazy, just so the, the one shot. So that's like a once and done type of a shot. Would that be like, I mean, there's no. I mean, you literally get one limousine and you're busting through one bridge. And <laughs> yeah. All or nothing. And you don't want to be the stunt man that messes that up. Damn, man. What do you think? Can I ask you, what do you think about Jackass? From um, I love Jackass. I grew up on, on Jackass as everyone else did. Um, I love all the guys on Jackass. I haven't met any of them, but they definitely seem cool. Um, I mean, they're kind of. I think they lean more towards adrenaline junkies. I mean, they're kind of doing yeah. it for the the uh, the something a f shock factor, I guess. The yeah, shock factor definitely. Of it. Sure. Um, I don't know. I love Jackass. What about you? you guys like Jackass? Oh, I love it, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, yeah. I Did you see the new one? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I've seen them all, man. Yeah. yeah I mean, good too. I tell you what. Probably my favorite scene out of any of them is when they uh, they dressed the. Uh, what's his name? His last name's England, right? I think it's this guy. Where they yeah, where they uh, they dress him up? England? No, no, no. They dress not the bear one. They he dress him. The they dress him up as the tax, taxi taxi cab driver, and they put the pubes on his face for the beard. Oh, yeah. And they <laughs> oh. make they make him drive. They put him in the car in the back of the trunk, and they 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 tell him that he's going to the airport, and he's going to jump out and say that he's a terrorist or some shit, and. Oh my god, dude! That is probably one of the most hilarious scenes. But uh, I'm a big fan of theirs for yeah. sure. I think my favorite Steve-O and the Porter Potty. That with too. The, with the crabs oh. going everywhere in the. Oh. <laughs> crazy. So disgusting, man. 
Dude, I don't even know if I can pick a favorite one. I've watched the. I got to into them later. I didn't really. I didn't watch them when they were on MTV. I just started seeing when the movies came out. Yeah. And then, and I like uh, whenever you would have a, a new like the three point five came out, and then four, yeah. four point five. <laughs> and I, when those come out, I spend like you know, I would binge through all of them, you know, yep. a couple of times watching them through every time a new one came out but i mean those guys are i mean now that yeah that that's more of adrenaline junkie that's also right. more of like it seems like a, it's very performative as far as you know one-upmanship or yeah. you know what we can get away with and pranky and stuff like right, that right right whereas, whereas what you're doing is you know you're storytelling you're part of the element of the story yeah and uh, definitely i mean Stuntmen, obviously, you know, like a lot of people don't get the, you know, the credit outside of the industry as much as they right. probably should, you know. Yeah. Um, just like, you, you know, people don't really talk about, you know, the grips or the, uh, yep. you yeah. know, the boom holders or anything like that. But, you know, you've got to have those yep. to make those movies happen and to make it spectacular and to make it believable to where you can fully escape everything yeah and so that's i think that's just it's just it's it's interesting that you know this is what you did for so long and it's just, and it's fascinating because like i do have an appreciation for that extra th- stuff that goes into the craft uh, just because you know yeah. i guess being creative myself and knowing what you know doing that kind of stuff there's more than involved in just the final product yeah how did how does so, go ahead. yeah no go ahead i was gonna say have you guys got into filming yourselves have you got into filmmaking at all no not officially um that sounds well, that kind of sounds weird <laughs> now i i've uh i mean i've kind of like i've done some stuff like you know like low budget stuff that i was in for people but like um, I've done. I did some theater in college, and um, we both Barry and I have both been in bands. And um, Barry's been in like a music sound engineer for forever. So it's the you know we're people behind yeah the, the scenes yeah sure that yep. kind of you know make the make the magic happen as it were. So, but yeah. Yep. So I, I but I you know I mean like. I re, you know I'm I'm I listen I like hearing stories about the stuff behind the scenes as well, and and it's funny you mentioned Cabin Fever. One of the podcasts that I've been listening to uh, is a kind of an about behind the scenes. It's a, a it's Pod Meets World. It's the uh, the cast of Boy Meets World. Oh yeah, about I've that. heard of it. So, I never really watched. I didn't watch the show when it was on. I yeah, watched so you had it. Writer strong. Yeah, yeah. So I watched it during uh, the pandemic because I was running out of shit to watch. And then, um, yeah, Ryder Strong, who was Sean on the show, he was in Cabin Fever. Yeah. Oh. Okay. And he just, I listened to an episode, he told a story about where he was on set. And uh, I guess he was like the murderer or something. He was all covered in blood. And uh, they took a break and um, from where he needed to be filmed. And so he went on a hike. And he ran into a bunch of, uh, like a, a troop of uh, of Boy Scouts. <laughs> he saw this guy, and he's covered in blood because he can't take the makeup off. Oh right. wow! 
you know, and so they're freaking out about him being this guy covered in blood, and then they kind of realize who he is, and so they're freaking out about that. Right, so, he was pretty hot back then. I mean, he was pretty famous back then. Yeah, that yeah. That's yeah, funny. And, no, we were literally in the woods, so. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> really Eli cool. Rod's but it's first film, so while there was a budget, there wasn't Eli Roth's right. normal budget, so. Yeah. This is a weird. Yeah, that's you know, interesting. Kind of synchronicity yeah, there. Yeah, that, yeah. I just heard that story like yesterday, and then here you are. You were on that. You were part of that. That's so. cool. It's really how, cool, man. How does one get started in stunts? I mean, <laughs> how, how did that happen for you? Um, it's a great question. I think I kind of um, got got a role of. I think I started as like a photo double, and then I had that opportunity to step up and do maybe a character called Bunny Man, which was in some of the Cabin Fever movies. And um, I was able to kind of kind of just roll into that. And since mm-hmm. that was in North Carolina, I was able to work in Wilmington. So it kind of you know snowballed a little. Not, I mean, there was a ton of hard work. There was a lot. Of, I put a lot into it, but. Initially, it just you kind of get you get a break. Everyone kind of gets a break, but Does somebody, I would say most people have to be good at really one thing. I mean, you have to right. find one thing you're excellent at, whether it's kickboxing or martial arts. Mine was basketball, so then I translated that to One Tree Hill, which was a show about basketball. So I could kind of use that and integrate that. So you have to be really good. My by really good, you have, I mean you're a professional athlete as a stuntman. You have to be professional level at that thing. Right. And then once you get in there. Yeah, I mean, you can do other stuff, but you have to get your foot in the door one way or another, and you got to be really good at something because there's a lot of people that want to be stuntmen. So, are they consulting you, like, as far as like shots and how they're going to pull things off? Is that, or how does that work? I mean, are you kind of the one that's going, I can do this, or I can't do that, or, or? Is so, there's, you have to be honest with yourself and yeah. don't go into a role line. I mean, if you if if this role is calling for something like, yeah, hey, I can do that. You're right. going to find out really quick. You can't do that. And you're not going to work again because no one's going to trust you. Gotcha. So be honest with yourself and what you're going in. You're capable of doing that. And then you have a stunt coordinator that's going to plan everything okay. together, make okay. that masterpiece before the before the action. But when you're actually shooting, you're working with the director of photography. So he is the one that you're dealing with with um, getting shots aligned and how everything and hitting your mark and all that stuff. So I would say before in rehearsal and all that stuff, the stunt coordinator on set, you're dealing with the DP. Gotcha. Is there a steep learning curve when it comes to that kind of stuff? Like I'm sure like time is money, you know, on, on a yeah. film set. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you got to learn quick. I would imagine is that true. You, you do learn quick. And a lot of the stuff. So when I'm doing a TV show, back then there was like 22 episodes a season i think everything now is like 10 but back then there was 22 so i mean different stuff can happen each episode and you don't get much of a heads up yeah and right. you're the you're the, the stuntman on there so it's like today we're doing this and I'm like, okay luckily i know how to do that and if you don't you better learn it pretty quick but if you're getting if if you're being casted in something marvel movie they're very specific and exactly what kind of stuntman they want in that exact role so it's very different in how you're being cast, but really, when you're in a TV show and you're one of the main stuntmen, you're really going to have to be versatile, and you're really going to have to be pretty good at a lot of things. Sure. How many how many stuntmen are on a on a f- film? I mean, does I, I guess it would be anybody that's got an action role, or um, yeah, I mean, if you're doubling for sure, yeah. So I mean, it depends. I mean, if you're doing something that's uh, I don't know. Like we did escape plan, so it's, it's it's in a prison. It's there's a lot of stuff going on. So you're gonna have a lot of stuntmen in that. Gotcha. And you're gonna have main ones that are doubling the main actors, and you're gonna have a lot of background stuntmen as well. 
Yeah. And they're all going to have to know what they're doing. So that's kind of a chaotic, huge stuntman mess. Or, or um, Walking Dead that was filmed in Georgia. Right. So a lot of stuntmen on that thing. Sure. Um, but but when you're dealing with a TV show, you, you're really in a pact of like 10 that consistently work. Okay. Um, when you're dealing with a movie, something big like that, you could be upwards of 50 to 100. Damn. Okay. Did you now? Were you part? You mentioned Walking Dead, and I'm I'm a big fan of that show. Did you? Did, were you on that? Did you get to play a zombie? I was not. Um, the same casting directors that uh, did in uh, Wilmington called the Fin Cannons actually moved their offices down to Georgia where Walking Dead started, mm. and um, uh, it was definitely something every stuntman wanted to do. For me, it was you kind of. You kind of be input with these hundred other guys, and I just wanted to work with a small group and be the guy that does something. Yeah. So that necessarily wasn't my career path, and I chose uh, Vampire Diaries instead at that time, which I'm very happy with. But mm. Walking Dead is great, and I know a lot of people that did it, and it's definitely a huge success. That's amazing. There's uh, I just watched Top Gun, the new Top Gun, and I haven't uh, seen it. I need to see it. Golly, man! I mean, I just know because they say that Tom does his own stunts. Is that? Oh, he's the best stunt man out. It's amazing. <laughs> what they what they do, and from what I understand, all of the filming that they did in the in the cockpits, they were actually flying. So it's like you get that realness happening, and um. You know, with CGI and, and, and AI that's happening right now, do you foresee in the future less roles happening for stuntmen, or do you have any thoughts on that kind of stuff? I, I don't like that stuff. Um, yeah. Luckily, I, I worked in the very early 2000s, like literally 2002, um, when I started. So a lot of that stuff wasn't around. Um, and I didn't do a lot of wire work until towards the end when I did Doom Patrol and Marvel stuff, which I just wanted to experience that. So that was great to experience. But wire work's not for me. I want to be the actual, I want to be in the scene doing the real stunt. And there's no green screen. There's no wire. You are the one doing it. Because it's kind of like where they're, with a heartbeat of that character that sure. obviously the actor, everyone knows the actor. No one knows us, but right. a lot of, a lot of what we do makes that actor look really, really good on camera. Sure. And I, I, I do it for the art of it and I don't mm -hmm. want to be connected to a wire or worry about green screen. That's yeah. just me. Sure. What, uh, what did you do in doom patrol? I just did stunts in doom patrol. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's, uh, it's HBO. So that's definitely yeah. a good, good, uh, experience. Um, DC, yeah. Yeah. I don't think DC gets gets as much credit as it should. Um, right. Definitely with you know, definitely with uh, everyone loves Marvel over DC, but DC's got some pretty cool stuff. So I don't think they get as much credit. But yeah, DC I think does better on television with their television yeah. so shows. Doom Patrol is really good. It's really strange, um, but it's a lot of fun, and um, you know, there's some. It's a great cast, and there's a lot of great action and stuff. And I'm I'm a big fan of it. But like. Uh, Definitely, DC's uh, you know TV series universe or, or universes, however you want to look at it, is really good. Marvel seems to kind of struggle with that, but you know, of course, Marvel, aside from the like their Netflix stuff, that was pretty good. But uh, and the, and the Disney I, Plus, the Netflix, I understand it as Disney bought Marvel and all the Netflix shows just ended. Well, yeah, but they're supposed to be Daredevil's coming back. And it is okay. Yeah, and and in in fact, he's come back. He he made appearances on uh, She Hulk, and uh, um, you had in uh, the Hawkeye series, you had uh, uh, Kingpin uh, come back, 
and so they'll be continuing on. There's his he's got a series or two that'll be uh, coming out from that on Disney Plus. Um, but they really haven't gone into probably won't have any more Luke Cage or Iron Fist or Jessica Jones. Yeah. Um, but uh, Daredevil is, and you know, so we'll see from that. But uh, you know, I mean, what it was is Disney. I mean, Disney bought Marvel. They did the stuff for Netflix. Then they launched Disney Plus, and they're because yeah. they were like, "We're going to do our own thing. We're going to we'll just have that money piped in straight to us." And and honestly, though, I'll say this: Disney Plus has been making some great stuff. Their the Marvel stuff they put out has been really fun. Uh, the Star Wars stuff they've been putting out yeah. is really fun. So you yeah. know, yeah, it's cool. It's and you know, I and and I'm I I agree with you. Um, I would rather see practical effects. I would rather see actual people, yeah, uh, performing. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, computer modding a little bit, but not so much as complete, right. you know, AI yeah. or complete artificial com- computer animation stuff. I think but, that's you know I mean? that's what made the old Star Wars so good. Yeah. It, yeah. it was all, you know, it looked, had an aesthetic and it was, you know, they couldn't. They didn't have the ability to to fudge it so much with the computers. And then when the new, the first, remember when one, two, and three came out, and it was just like it was just almost maybe too much for your eye. I don't know. It was too weird in that way. Um, but yeah, I I've been thinking about that a lot because you know with music, you know I'm a big music fan, and they talk about AI and how, I mean AI can write music and it and it sounds like <laughs> music, but it doesn't. It's weird. It's just kind of, it's, there's something weird about it. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, doesn't have a human element to it, which, um, I, I, I don't, I'm not a fan of either. I'm not a fan of that. There's, you know, I think it's kind of like filmmaking. It's like the actors and the scene. And when you see a great film that, that was done with artistic integrity and, and it's done in this beautiful way, it's, hard to imagine um a world that ai takes over and and um and does it all but um i don't know what what do i know you know do you guys know who kane hodder is is i think Uh, was he a jason yeah there you go anyway he's he's a big old time stuntman but the movies back then with jason and Michael Myers and Freddy and stuff, that kind of stunt work and that kind of oh. just stuff they had back then was, yeah, it was cheesy, but that's kind of what made it so oh. loud. Absolutely. Where people Absolutely. loved it. You know? Oh, that's yeah. our wheelhouse, man. That's yeah, what, yeah, that's, that's when we, we grew, grew up. up. Yeah. There's something, there's, there's that look, that aesthetic of those movies where it was like, there was something off about them. They didn't look, they didn't look great. There was something like just a little bit, but fit. That's kind of why everyone loves them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was again. It's it was like you know, it was problem solving, and it was the human element. It's human creativity coming up with something on the spot, a practical effects. Yeah, you know, and and where they created these things. Like think about Alien, you know, where the the first time you see the uh, the chest burst come out, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. and how like that was just you know, I mean, that was a guy laying on his back, and then they had the thing coming out of a fake body of his. You know, but, you know, I mean, one of the great things about that is, of course, nobody knew what was going to be coming out of him. Yep. So all the actors knew something was happening, but then that was their real kind of reaction, freaking out. Yeah. 
And, you know, so I didn't like, know that. I didn't know that. Story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And so, yeah, you know, it's it's there's the human element, the soul, if you will, that yeah. goes into art. That's art, something where you can see, yeah. you know, kind of has that that thing. I think it. a cool one. Have you ever seen Candyman, the original? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think a cool one. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But um, anyway, the actor who was also a stunt actor, you know, where the bees are coming out of his mouth. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they wanted to put that in CGI, whatever they had back then. And he argued with them, and they legit had real, like, hundreds of bees that were actually oh. in his mouth that came out. Oh. And, he, and he wanted to do it that way because that's how, how it would look great on film. Yeah. And it really yeah. did have one of the mi- most iconic, like, scenes. Yeah. You know, and you remember that. But yeah, he, he legit had that many bees in his mouth. Wow. So, wow. But that's art, and that's that's doing it for the art. Yeah. That's doing yeah. it for the passion. For so sure. Respect that. Crazy, you know, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, but that's the thing. That's the thing that I that stunt actors and stunt people, you know, that you bring to it. You bring to it the um, we're going to do this part to make it look better, and we're going to do it so that you know, uh, Tommy Lee Jones. I don't know why I pick him, but Tommy Lee Jones doesn't right. get hurt. You know, yeah. uh, you know, it, because he's the money maker. But we still want to make this happen. Um, I would say he's the pretty face, but well, um, you know, we want him, <laughs> the not so pretty the face. Who, yeah, the ones who te- who allow the story to be to happen. And uh, again, I don't know. I just you know, I've never had a chance to say to a stuntman, "Thank you for what you do," because yeah, you bring, yeah. you make it exciting. You know, you you add the element of excitement by your, uh, you know, by throwing your body into harm's way. Um, you know, I quite think a lot of people. If you get injured, I've been through tons of injuries. When you get injured, you don't make that much money. You don't make the big bucks. You're injured. You're crippled. And you, it's easy to go. Oh, this this sucks. Why am I yeah, doing yeah. this? Yeah. But I look. I love film. I mean, I've done. I've uh, made my own like short films, and but just being a part of a hundred big budget films. I mean, I yeah. just love the art of film, and I love doing it and performing it and kind of leaving my own stamp on the film, even though you don't know it's me, I still did this. And that's really right. cool to me. I just that's love amazing. That's amazing. How many, how many, how many bones have you broken? Oh man. Do you know? I don't know off the top of my head. A lot. How many bones have you not broken? <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I wake up every day and it's either, okay, we got a heating pad and ice pack. What are we focusing on today? What hurts the most? And that's kind of what you deal with every day. Yeah. But, I also have great positivity, and I know that's, sure. that's really cool that I got to experience that. So um, a 20, I don't complain. A 20-year career is impressive. That's impressive. Yeah. Really. Have you seen uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? The Quentin I Tarantino? haven't, but I know oh, that's man. where it's at, right? Yeah, it's a wonderful... It's a wonderful homage uh, to uh, to stuntmen. It's it's, it's oh really? I'll yeah, have to watch it. It's great. It's great. It's about an aging actor, and it, it, at a time in Hollywood where things are changing, and he doesn't quite know where he fits in. And his stuntman and him, because of he's a stuntman, he's kind of stuck in the same situation. It's great. It's it. I think you would like it. Um, it's uh, you know Quentin Tarantino, so it's always. Weird. All right, well, there I'm in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 good. You, that's what I thought about whenever Adam told me you're a stuntman. I'm like, oh yeah, cool, cool. Hey, so, awesome. I don't know. Yeah, I was no. gonna say I know Barry asked you what your wildest stunt. What was your favorite thing that you've done? What your your favorite stunt that you not uh, did you? I guess that you've come up with or that you just felt the most pride or you just had the best time doing. 
I don't I don't just have one. Um, I should have one because I get asked that. <laughs> I don't have one. I just um, I take a lot of pride in doing things very um, methodically and correctly. And um, not only do I not want to get hurt, but I want to nail it on that first or second try. I hate to get to the second, but never get past the second. But I really want to nail it on the first. So I take a lot of pride and I have preparation and boom, I'm in and I'm out. And that's what we're there for. Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of times, like if you're doing like a fighting scene and the, the actor accidentally punches you in the face and they weren't supposed to, but it was an accident, you have to kind of roll off and act like you're not injured because yeah. that's our job. Right. So um, we can't be whining on the ground because otherwise, why are, they, why are we even here? We'll just have the actors do it. Sure. So I, I, just, I take a lot of pride in preparation and doing things correctly, not getting injured. And if you get injured, get up and roll off the set with a limping leg or just continue the scene and continue going. I mean, yeah. I just I don't know. I take a lot of pride in all stunts. I don't necessarily have one and I probably should, should probably think about that. But I just take pride in all of them. Yeah, that's great. Well, then what was your favorite project to be in, I guess, maybe? Um, I think for the longest time, I kind of fought One Tree Hill just because I wanted, obviously, it's a teeny bopper show, but as a stuntman, I wanted to kind of do something that was more stuntman-like, so right. more action, more all that stuff. And um, now that I'm older and look back on it, that was really the launching pad of mm-hmm. everything that started. And um, it, it's you always want steady work in yeah. anything with film. I mean, anything, it's hard to get steady work. Oh, yeah. But if, if you have a series, you need to ride that sucker out as long as it can because that is good work. And um, I think that's where I built all my connections. I think that's where I really learned a lot of stunts. And um, I think that's kind of my home. So um, most proud project, probably One Tree Hill. Cool, cool. Nice, nice. I got to ask you, how is Schwarzenegger? Did you get to kind of talk to him at all, or how was he? I interacted with him and Stallone a little bit, um, not a lot, but um, they were both really nice. Schwarzenegger more nice. Stallone's more down to business and doesn't want to really? deal with anyone he doesn't have to deal with. Interesting. Right. Okay. Um, so he wasn't real talkative, but Schwarzenegger definitely talked to everybody. I'm and fan- I'm not saying Stallone was bad. He was just sure. he was focused on what he needs to do, and right. he was great for an actor. I got gotcha. you. He was not so they were both really good. I'm a fan of both of those guys. I yeah. the the last uh, um, Tulsa King the his I haven't last, seen it. It's really good. I mean, it, you know, of course I'm 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 here, so it's it means something to me. But uh, I thought he did great. I thought the script was really good, um, and I thought that they they did this area justice it's kind of about oklahoma's um sort of explosion in the medical marijuana world and he he plays a um a guy that has spent over 20 years in prison for the mafia and they send him out here when he gets out of prison to start up a a money a money laundering scheme and they uh they use one of the medical uh, the dispensaries to do that. It's tr- it's pretty good. It really is. That sounds it's, pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty decent. And I keep looking at him. I'm like, he's my dad's age. Oh, he's incredible looking. It, it, it's and, like strength. I mean, those videos out him just doing crazy things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Impressive. Totally impressive. I guess I j- I just saw Tulsa King and then I saw Saul Stallone and I was like, I don't really understand yeah. how that works. But I need to yeah. check it out. It's really not. It's it's really pretty decent. I finished the season, so um, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. I I I kind of I have a hard time with really bad 
really badly done um, TV or movies. Yeah. So I don't know. Take that for whatever. I think it a is. lot of stuff so quick, and there's so much stuff out now. It's yes, we yeah. have endless amount of stuff to watch. But um, yeah, probably quality suffers a little in some areas for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But there's yeah, like you know, when people say I don't have anything left to watch, and it's like you know, you just you need. There's so many other things you need to explore. I think more often than not, I just don't watch anything because I'm sick of looking for 30 minutes to an hour trying to find something I want to watch. Yeah, yeah. Our well, it's been so bad. If we don't like yeah. it in two minutes, we change the channel or something. So. Yeah, right. no, I get you on that for sure because, like, I end up watching um, a lot of the same things over and yeah. over and over again, you know. And I think, but that's, I think, uh, familiarity, you know, is sure. you know to a degree. And I, I also read somewhere where people who have uh, people who have anxiety will tend to do that um, because they know what's. The anxiety level watching that kind of stuff is low, so that they're not going to be super stressed out because they know the outcome. Right, right. You know, yeah, yeah. Of course, that's probably for more highly agitated anxiety than than you know whatever you know, twinges I I suffer from. But still, you know, there's stuff that I can watch over and over and over again. Yep. And I tend to also go back and watch old shows. Oh yeah, uh, that I watched before. But you know, I mean, like, but I mean, I'll always be watching Mash. Oh, sure. it's a classic. <laughs> it doesn't. You know what? I think it's because my grandfather watched it, and I and you'd see the same episodes over and over yeah. and over. But they they start to. There's a place in your heart for that stuff. It's like it never gets old. I don't know why, but it's like it's a beautiful thing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, have you ever thought about writing a book? By the way. <laughs> uh, I've been told I should write a book. You should yeah, write a book. Background there, so that sounds like that's been suggested uh, definitely <laughs> close and recently, perhaps. Uh, yeah, so. no, it has. It's, you it's need, to a, joke, kind of, you need to write a. You need to write a book, man. Definitely, I probably should one day. There, there are not many people that have your kind of story, and if they do, they're not writing books. So you need to write yeah. one, man. Yeah, yeah, I definitely should. Yeah. I do want to ask Barry, though, what oh, kind of music do you work with? A little bit of everything, man. Um, so I grew up um, a thrash metal kid. Uh, I, You know, of course, you know, my dad, I grew up, really grew up listening to like Elvis and Beach Boys and kind of the thing that, that all of us did that had parents that grew up in the 60s. And then um, uh, I started, I went to a recording art school and... Just started making records on my own. Um, I've done independent records. I've done major label records. Um, I love everything though, from metal to country. You know, I'm 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 a fan of everything, man. I, I and you do engineering, so kind of. Yep. Yep. I'm. An, I'm going to be dumb on this one, but what what does that consist of? So setting mics up, getting sounds. Okay. What kind of environment are we working in? You know, are, what kind of what kind of a tone do we want the record to have as a as a whole? That's when you start to get more in the production side of things. But like engineering side is just like you know how do we track what we're trying to track? Um, sort of the specifics of how do we how do we get down the parts to be able to mix them and put them in a situation to where you've got all the elements that you need to mix a record, you know, and then the production side is more 
the overall feel of it. How are we going to make the cake? You know what I mean? How, what, what, what areas are we going to focus on? What, what are we, what, what are we looking at as far as the total outcome of things? But I've been doing that for, Oh, I've been playing in bands since I was 12, but I was about to ask. Yeah. I've been playing in bands forever. And then, um, I've probably been making records for 20, 28 years or so, something like that. But, um, do you have a current band? Yeah, actually, funny enough, you funny you you should ask, sir. Uh, I Plug have a, it. I have a band called. <laughs> well, it, the the record hasn't come out yet, but we've we've uh, embarrassingly so we've been a band much longer than uh, than we should have for just putting out our first record. But our first record will come out in a couple of months. It's called Lisbon. The band is called Lisbon. Uh, it's kind of like an indie rock band, I guess, like a power pop band is what I would call it. Uh, it's, you know, kind of catchy stuff. Um, um, what, what did I describe it? It's, uh, it's got, a, there's a huge, there's like a Foo Fighters feel with like that power pop rock kind of stuff. But there's also some uh, like indie rock flourishes and like, um uh, some a little bit of a shoegaze element. A little bit of a well. shoegaze, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, that's kind of um, that's my that's my my first love, really. I guess is music. Um, I, I'm the guy, like probably with you with movies. Like I'm the guy that like I go look at liner notes and I I see who's working with with who and like when you know when you're a kid and you're you're checking out bands like what bands are they thinking in their thank you list yeah. like back in the day and then you go look at those bands and you just spend days in the record store looking for bands and um you know and doing all that and i'm getting into the old man moment but uh i'm gonna embrace it because <laughs> it's who i am but uh yeah it's uh so yeah music is my is my passion my love um but uh, and, and f- you know, filmmaking. I went to the, I went to a recording art school that had a filmmaking school. Sort of was was the other side of it, but we never really did much of that. Um, and and it's always been something that I found pretty interesting, and would love to know more about you know, filmmaking. You know, and how that all yeah, works. No, it's, it's an interesting process, especially indie film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I hear people all the time that say, um, you know, I, my break hasn't come or I haven't got this role that I wanted and I've, or, or I've been a writer forever or I'm an actor and I keep getting crap roles. When's the big one going to come? And that's where filmmaking comes in. And that's kind of where you get to know every aspect of film. And that's like the best kind of lesson or class you can go to is kind of learn it yourself. So when you're mm-hmm. making a film, you're a director, you're an editor, you're doing lighting, you're doing sound, you do your acting and you're doing everything. And that's so valuable. I yeah. think that's so valuable for you to know that much about film rather than be one dimensional yeah. actor who's never done anything. And you want someone to hire you. Sure. Instead you can go, here's my reel and you can show all this stuff that you've made. And that is really proof of concept to me. So right, everyone right. needs to get out there and kind of make their own stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Is Plus your knowledge base being um, broad and, you know, where you can pick up and if you need to, uh, you know, I mean, if you're an actor, but you can also know how to do stunts or lighting or, you know, cinematography or anything like that, anything else, you know, other than, so that you can work in industry and not, you know, 
uh, at a, a be a waiter and try to you know pat or right. pass scripts off or anything like that. But you're right. still working in the industry and it's still being part of it. Yeah. And so that you know again you can make there make connections, meet people, all of that kind of stuff. And the, and and that's a lot of the world, the business world, the entertainment connections. Yeah, connections right. is where it's all at. Yeah. So are there a is there a decent film industry down in Austin? I tell you, it's growing. It's definitely growing. Um, I mean, Joe Rogan just moved here, so you know we're pretty legit if Joe Rogan's here. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. No, um, <laughs> you got Matthew McConaughey, you got Elijah Wood, um, you got a lot of people that live here now. Um, films getting, I think there's some reality shows here. There's, uh, there's, uh, you know, projects here and there that are fairly yeah. big, but I think Rod, uh, Robert Rodriguez built a studio here okay. right nice. before COVID, and then it just kind of went vacant, and they haven't done anything uh, with it, unfortunately. And I think he went to New Mexico because of tax incentives and stuff sure. like that. But, right. Interesting. There's, there's, I mean, there's definitely some stuff. It's not extremely booming, no. Right. But there is right. some stuff. That's cool. Are you involved anymore in the in the film in- industry in any way? I'm not. I'm uh, I'm working on a. I'm a sports therapist. Oh, so, um, great! Health, and working with athletes and stuff hey. of that nature. Good for you. I'm retired. I'm old. I'm achy. Uh, but I want to. I want to kind of give back my, not only my experience as an athlete, but my education and therapy, and, and I kind of want to just kind of give back and kind of relate because no one knows an athlete other than an athlete. So. Absol- right. Absolutely. That's for sure. I do have a question for you. So we well, before we started the uh, podcast, you said. I, I'm in the Mothman, so I gotta ask. Yeah. What what uh, what what intrigues you about Mothman? Oh, man, I I was really fascinated with Mothman like ten years ago. I went to West Virginia, did the whole Point Pleasant thing. <laughs> Very fascinated. Um, my whole uh, like. I guess upper thigh is Mothman. The side of it's got a quote from the other part of Mothman called Indrid Cold, which is supposed to be the human form of Mothman. I went to the museum. I don't know. I was, I was definitely fascinated with it. That's um, cool. I just felt Point Pleasant. I don't. Are you guys familiar with the story? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. But go I ahead. I mean, yeah, yeah. town of Point Pleasant, like. whether, I think it was 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. I don't see that whole town lying. And right. almost all of them had experiences with that. Sure. And it, and it's such a Bible belt. It's such good yeah. people. And they all had genuine experiences. I think there's some truth behind it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know what it is. And I do think it actually happened. I'm a big believer in it. Um, I, you know, but I don't know. I am a believer in it, though. And, and, and I think the story was just fascinating to me. Sure. Well, uh, you'll definitely want to listen to next week's episode. Uh, for that kind of stuff for Mothman and Ingrid Cole. Um, uh, of course, by the time when we'll have to edit that part out that I just mentioned it because it'll be out when by that right by that time it won't be next week because it'll be a couple of weeks. <laughs> but yeah, you want to check out next week. That's really cool. <laughs> yeah. um, there's some Mothman stuff in there. Um, okay, cool. Um, really cool stuff. But uh, um, but yeah, like. It, 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 you know, John Peel, like, as yep. the, he was like one of the great, uh, you know, 20th century uh, paranormal investigators, and he really broke a lot of ground in that uh, area and writing about it, and, and is well known that, you know, it, that's basically going to Point Pleasant and all the weird things that he observed and that the people there observed and went through. All after the Mothman. Well, he was a legitimate, legitimate reporter, and he kind of gave oh, yeah. all that up to put this out here. So he's yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. no, no, I'm not saying, I'm saying, that's what I'm saying, is like, that's really like, he, that's where, but I mean, he went there looking into the story and that launched his career in, yeah. on the paranormal side to where, you know, I mean, like, and he is respected in the, in the field because he did so much work in it and, you know, like, just, was able to, you know, I guess he just stepped into it and was surrounded by high strangeness for uh, the rest of his life, um, which ain't too bad. So <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, we've had a couple of, uh, we had a couple of other just sporadic stories here and there on Mothman stuff. So um, well, I'll, have to, I'll have to check out yeah, if you guys have any episodes on it. We've got freaking, gosh, Almost five years of episodes. Over five, over five, over years. five years. Uh yeah, we're so there's actually a, getting closer to six years. So crazy. Yeah, no, the one I was listening to was like two hundred and something. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This guy's been doing it yeah. a while. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've but yeah, hopefully, uh hopefully we got lots of ears out there that are listening to this and are curious about it and they all want a book written by you about what it's like to be a stunt man. <laughs> It's going to happen one day. It's going to happen. And when it does, you got to come back on for sure to tell us about for sure. it. That's awesome, man. Thank you uh for for hanging out with us. Do you yeah, want dude. do you want people to try to get in touch with you? Do you have a social media presence or anything like that? So the, the only social media I have is Instagram. Um it's stunt.beast. And uh we got a great community over there and um I interact with everyone, DM me, comment, kind of bring in the social back into social media. Um, but I love just interacting with people, whether um, I'm big on fitness there or it's film or whatever. Just, you know, stop by. I am not shying away from DMs or whatever. So connect on Instagram is the way I go. Cool. Cool, man. We uh, It was a privilege to have you on, man. We appreciate it. Thank yeah, you guys so much. And thank you for your audience. Your audience. Thank you. Get this, we call it what's your weird story, right? But we don't limit it to weird stories. It's true. Sometimes we have crazy travel and epic adventure stories. Sometimes we do book reports and other special episodes. Sometimes we'll cover some weird news. Sometimes I'll see one of my oldest, dearest friends just dancing around and punching the air for five minutes before we sit down and record an episode. But hey, it's all good because it's fun to talk to people, to make new friends, to get in touch and reacquainted with old friends and hear amazing stories. Thank you, Preston, for coming on and sharing your interesting life. I don't think we've... I mean, obviously, we'd never had a stunt man, but have somebody movie making and to be on that side of it is just so cool. It's so great to have you on and some really cool stories. Man, definitely an incredible career, um, incredible, like, uh, you know, catalog of work and everything that uh, that he's done and just super nice, super down to earth, you know. It's really great to hear all those stories about behind the scenes, you know, because yeah. it's not, you know, because as we know, you know, there's a lot of things that go into the soup of making a TV series or a movie. Yeah. And all you get to see is the top layer. You yeah. know, you get to see what's there at the end, but you don't see everything that goes up underneath, you know, 
the the heroes behind the heroes. You know, the people yeah. who do the actual death defying stunts rather than just the the pretty face that's there smiling and making the quips all along the way. Right. You know, it's just really, really, really cool um, to talk to somebody about that who you know who who makes you know makes that gumbo uh, go yeah or something. I don't know. I've, yeah. My soup analogy's got yeah. kind of lost there. <laughs> I know. What you, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. No. It, yeah. And it's like it's cool that also that some of the people that you ask about. Um, you know, like for Sly, for instance, you know, I've always been a Sylvester Stallone fan. I love the Rocky movies and just always respected his abilities. And at least he didn't have anything bad to say about him. And and that's kind of because sometimes you never know, you know, the, the folks that are in that position, it can go either way. Um, and it's nice to hear at least that somebody of that caliber is a decent person. Um, and it's understandable that they're all about business because that's what they do. So, absolutely. You know, you know there's a, there's I mean, a, that, yeah, there's a professionality that has to go exactly. along with, with that, you know? Yes, absolutely. Totally a professional, you know, um, dedicated to his craft, uh, and has been forever. Um, you know, uh, is he part of the Illuminati? Who knows? Right. Um, <laughs> I was watching. A, we'll leave, I, we'll I leave that up to a, the listener to figure yeah, out. Yeah, right. I, I went down a, a rabbit hole of, of you know people qu- talking about being in the Illuminati yeah, 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 or the yeah. Illuminati or something like that. Yeah, the showbiz Illuminati. He's one of them. Which, well, I'm, are they're all they all are apparently. Right. I don't know. I think it's it's you know. Hey, if you want to go that route and believe that conspiracy, fine. I, you know, I mean, there's definitely people in the world who have lots of money who control things more than others. But as far as, you know, like, yeah. uh, you know, whether it's a, a satanic cabal or, right, a, right. you know, some kind of uh, other, th- you know, yeah. shape shifting lizard people or whatever. Right. Uh, I'm not too sure on that. I used to think that maybe. And hey, you know what? Maybe still, but I'm just you know I, I I'm erring on the side of probably not. They had the you know the one story that sticks with me is his mother was a oh gosh she was like a terror reader she was oh, a, yeah, yeah. Or a, you know like a what do you call it a person psychic, that, psychic. psychic yeah 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 and that was a big deal I know for a long time but you know Frank Stallone he gave Frank. us so many great hits Dude. Uh, you know. Uh, there's a whole plethora of song and music that Frank Stallone has blessed us with. That's right, Frank. And also, you know, an incredible uh, B-movie actor. You know, I mean, yeah. the talent in that family yeah. uh, does not run out. Um, you know, is it equal in all cups? No. But, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it's not... I just as you said that I thought to myself uh I was thinking about um um Ron Howard and his brother. You know yes. his brother has been in more Hollywood movies than I think any other actor ever, something like yeah, that. Something uh like that, yeah. It's, and you, and he ha, he's one of the most recognizable people. Yes. Um and unless you knew that he was Richie Cunningham's uh, little brother, yeah, uh, you know, because he does not really look like him at all, yeah. Um, but yeah, he's got he's he's got he's bald, he's beady eyed, he's he's kind of uh, he's a character actor, and uh, Clint Howard is he's awesome. And you know what? It I think that I mean seriously, he's 
Uh, as far as acting, he's definitely uh, the same level as Ron, if not yeah. even better. But you know, yep. but Ron being gone to be on to be such an amazing. Uh, yeah. director and maker of, of films. Yeah. And his daughter, um, Bryce uh, Dallas Howard, uh, also really good actress, but oh. also an incredible director. She's oh. done a lot of uh, the episodes of The Mandalorian, if you didn't know. I did not um, know that. Really? Yeah, and they're oh. good episodes. Because like, all of those episodes are good. I mean, Oh, for sure, too. man. Wow. On the, on the podcast. Wow. But she's an Incredible director as That's well. That's so cool. So yeah, so you know, talent does run in families, and um, you know, it is like that. Some cups are you know deeper than others, but yeah, um, you know, get back to uh, Preston, our wonderful guest. You know, there's so much of so much of the those entertainment, so much of our cinema and our television are is carried on the backs of people who we don't know their names yeah and you know we don't associate them we you know we don't see their face we don't associate them with the product but it could not be done uh without them absolutely absolutely so cool to uh to get to talk to him hopefully he comes back and i hope to god he writes a book man absolutely i mean that just that perspective um from what he has done is just not very it's not out there. It's not something yeah. that people really think about. So I think it'd be a great, that'd be a great move, man. I'd love to read it personally. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Preston, you got, you got a couple more people here <laughs> telling you that pushing you to, uh, to jump on that. Do it. All right. Well, thanks again for joining us. Um, and Thank you, Weirdsville, for tuning in and, and supporting the show uh, and for being uh, listeners and supporters, as I just said, or, you know, being storytellers. You know, this, again, another prime example of that of not necessarily weird as far as supernatural and paranormal, um, are, you know, which is our bread and butter, but weird as in just unusual um and you know, different and 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 you know, ad- adventurous and epic and fun. Uh, we love all these kinds of stories. We love all your stories, and we'd love to hear more here on the podcast. So get a hold of us. Um, you can contact us through our email wywspod at gmail.com or you can call us uh, on the hotline leave us a message it's 513-909-9821 or you can go through our social media on Instagram Twitter and of course Facebook and we're still looking for stories for our uh, you know kind of juvenile hijinks juvenile delinquents um crazy stuff that you did in high school and got away with or maybe didn't get away with um we're looking for those fun stories for an episode so we we would love to hear about those from you guys and also um you know sibling stories where you uh maybe you saved your sibling's life or you almost ended your sibling's life uh or you pull a really good prank on them something like that just stories like that we love hearing we love laughing about um and sharing We've got lots. We want to hear yours, and we'll share some of ours as well. Um, and of course, you know all your Bigfoot encounters, all your UFO sightings, all your uh, playing around Ouija boards, and all of that fun stuff. We'd love to hear that as well. So give us a call. 
shoot us an email, um, share your story, be part of Weirdsville on that level. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I love just leaving you out for this. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks again, Weirdsville. Thanks again, Preston. And uh, thank you again, Barry, for always being here making us sound good. Well, thank you. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Always, always an enjoyable time with you, my friend. Indeed. Um, we got more coming your way. We got lots of cool stuff coming your way. We got so many people lined up and so many stuff to share uh, with you. Um, we got Corby next week, and uh, Corby has... In a, a, a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Uh, Corby is fantastic. Um, who she she she's you know she talks to dead people. I mean you know yeah. there's no other way around it. Yep. She's a psychic. She could, does stuff and it's it's great. Like wow. So yeah, we had a blast talking to her. And also coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, Amber from uh, who called us in. We talked to her. She was in, she lives in Ireland, uh, even though she's an American, but she lives in Ireland. And she has some incredible stories uh, from her travels all around the world. And uh, those were fun. And Amber was fun to talk to as well. So that's just that's coming up in the next few weeks and so much more lined up. Uh, for the summer and for the rest of this year, it's going to be great, and um, let's we'll just keep that ball moving, uh, keep the steam rolling, uh, keep the uh, keep on keep the keeping on keeping on, and all that good stuff. <laughs> all, all of it, all of it. So join us next week here on the podcast. We love you all. Be safe. Be weird. As always, if you have a weird story, we want to hear it. If you have a lot of them, we want to hear them all. We can't do this podcast without your invaluable contributions. Whether it's sharing your stories, listening, rating, and spreading the word about the podcast. Thanks for listening. Till next time, be safe. Be weird. The stories presented on the What's Your Weird Story podcast are, to our knowledge, true experiences that our guests have had. We can't take the time to research all claims made, and besides, it's just not as fun.